If you are like me and know that free enterprise is the greatest opportunity in the world, but you also see there are huge issues starting to arise, like why is mentorship decreasing in popularity? Why do entrepreneurs like us who love to succeed see people fail at the top and never leave true significance? And how do people like us make a lasting impact on the world? And is it possible for enough entrepreneurial leaders together to make a real difference? These are the blaring questions, and this podcast is the answer. Journey with me, your host, Christian. Together, we will challenge the status quo and conquer our legacies. Thank you so much for tuning into Journey with Christian D. Evans podcast, guys. My name is Christian D. Evans, your host. And guys, we have someone very special because definitely with everything that's been going on, I wanted to actually dive in and have a guest that talks about character, right? I think you can go through life, be very successful in what you do, but also have character, right? And and have principles that you align with regardless of, you know, your professionalism or your stance on certain things. And this man uh, provides practical, logical advice to help you keep your emotional systems from wrecking havoc on your logical systems. His goal is to help you remain stable and pleasant to be around in all environments at all times. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my friend, my guest, Emmanuel Anime. How you doing, my man? I'm doing well, sir. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. I'm very excited to be you know, diving into this. And obviously I just, you know, hit a little bit of what you're able to do. You've been able to help tremendous amount of, you know, in your coaching career, uh, tremendous amount of clients uh, really scale their lives. But, you know, kind of tell me, you know, before jumping into your coaching career, what you got now, like, you know, how did you come across that? What was your experience before? What were some of your big failures that you struggle with? And, and what was that journey look like, man? So I am actually just officially kicking off this January. So I have met uh, many people here in the uh, in the streets here in Zagreb, and many people in the square here in Zagreb, uh, Croatia. And I've been able to first introduce them to new belief systems. And the reason why I make a point of that is because our beliefs drive our actions. So attached to a string of actions is a belief. And so I believe that I can make a million dollars in two months. So I am going to do this. I believe that I can make it to the MBA. So I am going to practice early in the morning. I believe that I'm going to make it to the MBA. So I'm not going to engage in certain extracurricular activities. And so majority of our actions are tied to a belief. And so my goal right now is to help people understand some new beliefs and to understand that there is hope in this life and you can have joy in this life during the difficult times. And so you can remain pleasant and peaceful during the difficult times. So now that somebody believes that, then they can start taking actions to make sure that that happens. And so one of those big actions is practicing forgiveness because that is the greatest havoc wreaker on someone's uh, emotional systems that will significantly override a person's logical systems. And so, but it's also a great driver and in the pursuit of seeking vengeance, somebody can get real productive. And an example of that is Hitler. Hmm. Childhood abused by his father, rejected by the art school in Vienna twice. He had a, a great lull time in his life where he had that time to sit in his thoughts 
and let the thoughts, that's the thing about our thoughts, they can gain momentum and grow. And so if you start to feed thoughts of anger, thoughts of vengeance, they're going to grow. And so basically unforgiveness grew so much in him that it drove him to the point where he went so far. And a lot of people were like, how did he go so far? It's like unforgiveness is a great driver of people's actions. And some people might have success or believe they've achieved success, but sometimes that's, or a lot of times that's due to unforgiveness. Maybe somebody made fun of your shoes in school <laughs> and you said that no one's ever going to make fun of my shoes again. I'm going to get money. I'm going to get nice shoes. And I'm going to show them. That's a big one. A lot mm -hmm. of people get caught up in entering into careers. I'm going to show them. And so the issue with this is it causes a person to lose their way. And so going back to belief and actions, it's like, well, I believe that I should show them. So then all of the actions chained to that are tied to that belief. But from my knowledge, an examination of my behavior and human behavior, that's not a sound belief to place your actions on. And so as a, yeah, I was gonna say, as a coach, uh, excuse me, as a character coach, my goal is to, well, let me define character quickly. So character is those inner parts of a person that are present and active in all environments in their life. So for example, if I have doubt, that could be present in my, uh, in my home life, um, when I'm out in the street trying to meet people or associated with a business. But if I have courage, that could be present in me moving forward in regards to uh, difficult times uh, when uh, in, in a business or courage, hey, I'm gonna go talk to this random person on the street. And so my goal as a character coach is to be able to get a person to a point where I can drop them in any environment and they remain loving and productive. And they're pleasant to be around and people enjoy working with them. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, let me ask you in, in regard to this, because there's a lot of truth that you mentioned, you know, I mean, coming from forgiveness to, I mean, being aware of your beliefs and those limiting beliefs that a lot of people are not even aware of uh, and that are hindering you from, you know, whatever that result you may be looking for. But, you know, kind of pivoting back to your story, Emmanuel, um, how did you come to these, these conclusions? Did you have to struggle with those in your own life that said, okay, I got to forgive this person. I got to forgive this environment. Or I even got to forgive myself um, to be able to, you know, obviously help now, you know, be that character coach that you're, you're known for. God opened my eyes. And that's the only reason why I'm standing uh, here today. And so well, there's a journey involved as well, because <laughs> I literally had to discover my purpose. And so my journey took me, because I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So my journey took me here to Croatia, through Germany, and back to Croatia. And so I... I still remember Germany. God pushed me outside of my comfort zone and he pushed me out there to go talk to random strangers on the street in order to, well, there are a number of things involved in that character training exercise, but it's like develop courage, get over your fears, get over rejection. 
And so, <clears throat> and so in that training exercise, I mean, I'm going up to large numbers of people on the street. And sometimes I found myself, depending on which city I was in, um, well, mainly in Frankfurt, I was going at about 10 in the morning it's uh, late in the evening. I'm just go, got to try, got to try this, got to try this strategy. Um, got to improve bit by bit by bit by bit. And so things that I learned or that I was fortunate enough to understand from God was that, man, all of that stuff, fear, worry, um, worry about being rejected, unforgiveness if you become rejected all of that stuff affects a person's performance because you're not in the moment thoughts are uh, are overwhelming your mind and as you're trying to perform a specific task in my case to have conversations with people and to have comfortable conversations with absolute strangers to me if I'm thinking about, oh, that last person uh, rejected me, da, 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 da. Or uh, I'm worried about, oh, no, the first word that came out of my mouth wasn't golden. Um, uh, or a large number of other things. Or it's like, oh, there's a big group of people over there. If they see me get rejected, uh, then I'm going to feel shame. And so, and so I in this process and other character training exercises that he put me through, I notice, man, all of that stuff, that mental fog, that mental clutter, that affects a person's performance. And then this tied into a, I'll call it a speech that I had given earlier last year that so studies showed that US companies lose billions of dollars a year due to workplace distractions. Those be those distractions. Ah, worried about this. I just got in a fight uh, with, with my brother, sister, husband, wife before work. I'm fuming. I get into the workplace. I can't concentrate. <laughs> and so I'm losing hours of productivity unfocus or boom, costly error because I'm still fuming about something or I'm worried about the upcoming future. And so my mind is, is racing forward and, and anxiety building up in, in my chest and I can't focus on my task in the moment. And so again, that problem occurs. Person can't focus they're going to make a mistake. They're going to make an error. And so these are the things that I learned going through uh, these character uh, training exercises and then putting proper things into practice. Forgiveness, um, having that courage to say, look, you know what? They might reject me, but doesn't matter. I know that I'm going for something that's... Um, it's going to be good, not just for me, but it's going to be good for other people because I can see now God is helping me to see like, oh, you know, mm -hmm. this can be very beneficial for a lot of people to overcome approaching random strangers. And then that's the golden thing or one of the golden things that I found. There is well, with Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so with that, you know, what was that revelation? Are you going to kind of dive into that a little bit further in regarding to like, okay, you, you, you've overcome these struggles. You had to embrace this stuff that you really, it was quite uncomfortable. I have two questions. One, who helped you through that? Was that through your own self-actualization or were there other mentors that helped and came alongside you or coaches or something or consultants or, you know, therapists? And two, what was that revelation where you're like, okay, I can now impact other people. I want to start doing that. So this is all through my communication with God. And so mm -hmm. um, 
sometimes I move too fast for other people <laughs> in that because so if so if I'm on the street trying to approach multiple people like I was in Germany I'm bam 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 get rejected got to go to the next got to go to the next that conversation was and eh, got to go to the next and so the time to go back to someone and and have that evaluation session um, that did not exist. And so this is more, more so me and my communication and alignment with God is like, okay, fair enough. I got stuck on that point. Got to get better moving forward. So for example, if I have a joke in my mind and I'm thinking it's going to play out well, I might make it through the first one or two sentences. And if I run into problems, okay, fair enough. Next conversation. I'm going to try and make it to sentence number three. And so if I run into problems, okay, next conversation. Okay, I see, I see how I can perfect this. And then boom, my fourth conversation, I've gotten the joke down or the opening down uh, to the point where it's like, okay, that's good. I can apply this to other people and see it was good for them, but is it going to be good for these other five to 10 people? And mm -hmm. so this is happening in rapid, uh, rapid succession, I guess I would say. And so it's, I don't have, or at least in that situation, it was not ideal for me to go to, to have someone actually there to evaluate. And I will say this also, sometimes I do have this rushed nature. Like, so if something is getting real, real good, I just start to dive in deep. <laughs> <laughs> and so I am like, and that's one of the reasons why I would find myself on the street for like so many hours uh, and when I was uh, doing this, because I'm like, oh, this is getting good. It's like, okay, keep pushing, keep pushing. You gotta go, you gotta get over. You gotta get over that fear and that worry. And if you get rejected, which you will, mm -hmm. you keep practicing forgiveness. You keep saying, and that's just a simple prayer. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I forgive them. Um, and, and yeah, so, so that's how I got to that point in regards to okay. talking to strangers on the street. But there's more about yeah. strangers. Yeah. Well, so it sounds like to me, you, you didn't really have a fear, right? A lot of people, and I, I know a lot of people that I work with, they have this fear, right, of, of action or fear of something or they have to work through. And it sounds like to me, you never even struggle with that. It's more of just taking massive action because you move faster and quicker than majority. And I could tell that just from the way you talk and, and the way you just move, and which is awesome. Um, so, no, you know, it, it, it's not that I didn't have fear. No, okay, it's not that okay. I didn't have fear. It's just that my fear of God is greater than my fear of man. There we go. Okay. I get you. Yeah. I get you. <laughs> <laughs> taking, so the, the fear. Yeah. I get you. The fear of taking inaction was greater than taking, uh, action in, in essence. Right. And so like right. you were just saying, like, is like, hey, the, the concept of, and that, which is actually a really interesting perspective. So how did you come to that grips? Because a lot of people, they, they struggle with that. A lot of people like, you know, they're, they're addicted to certain things because it was like, there's this fear of, oh, I, I'm going to really miss this. But the reality is, hey, if, if I remove this addiction from myself, my life, you know, whether it's pornography, whether it's, you know, alcoholism, whatever, in fact, that addiction um, is, is better, right? And so if removing that, so we, we all get that, but um, coming back to fear, I, I love that mindset switch that allows you to say, hey, I'm actually uh, fearful of God, which is a healthier way, and more so than fearful of, of, of taking action. You were still fearful, though, to, to emphasize what you just said. Correct. And so I just had to have that, that courage that, you know what, everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And um, understanding that belief. They're bringing that belief in. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Bringing that belief in. It's like, look. So, for example, the, the fear, the fear piece. Mm -hmm. There's a, 
a verse that says, don't fear people who can only kill the body, but fear him who can kill the body and then send the soul to hell. And so for me, in my experience with walking with God, it's like, yeah, that's a thing. I'm going to talk to this person. And, and so because of that belief and because of my large amount of experiences with God and how strange directions, strange and strange instructions turned out to be like, oh, oh, wow, that's, I'm glad that I actually followed that. And so with that said, all of this belief building up in me is like, okay, he said that's what it's gonna be in 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 the book. And so it's like, okay, he's done that, 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 that in my life. And it's like I'm pointing the finger at him. And so it's like, yeah, the book says that. So you know what? Now I'm gonna act and move to speak to someone. And then also but also keeping in mind, it's like, what's, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? <laughs> and, and so it's like, okay, I get shamed. I lose status in, in my community or whatever. It's like part of the package. I mean, that could be the case anyways. I could, again, so it's like, bro, you know what? All right, fair enough. We're going to move forward. And, and so this is what has helped build more and more courage within me is because you do have to look at certain character strengths as a muscle. And so like, for example, your shoulder muscle, you've got the front part, the side and the back. And so to train that comprehensively, you need to train it in different ways. And then you also have your endurance fibers and your fast twitch fibers. And so that's almost what training a part of your character involves. And to, and to get it to the point where it's like, you could be dropped in any environment and still have courage. To get it to mm -hmm. the point where you can be dropped in any environment and boom, that daily schedule comes out because you know that it's important to have a daily schedule. Uh, so mm -hmm. this way you can have that momentum to go through your day and make sure you're taking care of tasks. Uh, yeah. So speaking, speaking of character, um, you know, I know there's certain, certain attributes and certain traits that every single person has. So when you're working with a client, do you ask them, okay, what kind of, what kind of character, what kind of attributes do you want to really, you know, be known for? And then you focus on that, or do you have a set of attributes that is like a, a blueprint or a template that you suggest every every client of yours should should use? So it's vice versa. Is it more customized where it's they kind of, uh, you know, develop the, the, the baseline, or do you create the baseline and say, this is what I, I suggest doing this, this, that will create the best result. Uh, I'm just curious, what, what is, what is your, what is your take on that? So, it would come down to being very client specific because <laughs> one person might have a struggle in this area. One person might have a struggle in that area. And <clears throat> the thing about these things, they can become interconnected. And so like, for example, a person might have a struggle with unforgiveness. And what's driving that unforgiveness is a great pride in their country. And so for me, in regards to, yeah, our country's good, but I'm not gonna worship my country. And so if someone makes, makes fun of my country, pokes, pokes fun at the USA, that's, I'm not gonna get um, all twisted in knots about it because mm -hmm. it's like, all right, fair enough. That's, that's how you feel. But there are some people who will. And so the issue with that is then they hold a grudge against that person who's, who's done that. 
And so the only way for them to get victory over unforgiveness is to get rid of overwhelming pride for their country. Because, because anytime someone makes some sort of offense or perceived offense slight, then that's going to trigger their unforgiveness. And so, mm-hmm. and so it, it comes down to this, to this dance to be able to help people um, or anybody uh, to, to w- navigate the waters of a person's character, to find out things that are uh, holding them back, but also very important to, and this is one of the reasons why personal development stuff is, is not so effective because there needs to be one specific goal that people are aiming towards. Mm-hmm. And, and that goal is, is something that you read off earlier is like, hey, I'm going to be loving and productive in all environments that I have to go into, mm-hmm. no matter the day, no matter the hour. And so now that's, that's a high mark. But the good thing about that is then a person can become increasingly more efficient in their actions of improvement. It's like, okay, well, if I want to get to that mark, then I got to share this. I got to share that. I got to, I got to add this. I got to, I have to do that. And so the reason why that mark is so important is because it's during the difficult times when people are most susceptible to spiraling downwards. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's those times when, and it happened to a lot of people during Corona times. They were sitting in the room alone for hours on end, for weeks on end. And it's in those times, those times where we're alone or where things around us look very dark or something tragic has happened in our life. That's when those thoughts start to snowball and it's (laughs) doubt, fear, extreme worry, absolute anxiety start to snowball and will literally pull a person down. And so this is why it's important to have that, that mindset of, hey, you know what? I'm gonna stay joyful during the difficult times. And so it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well then, what do I need to do to get there? And one thing, one good thing is making sure that you practice forgiveness because that being the greatest joy stealer. And so if you practice forgiveness now, when the time comes where you have to sit alone for a, another lockdown or, or whatever, you're at mm-hmm. peace. And, and those thoughts about Jimbo or, or whoever made uh, uh, fun of your shoes, um, <laughs> they're, 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 not, they're not entering your mind or if, they, right. or if they do try and sneak in there, you know how to defend against that and stay mm-hmm. in your peace. Well, see, you're you're saying some. No, I get you. (laughs) Well, you're saying some really good, good, valuable information. And uh, there's a few questions that I have to follow up. So, to me, it sounds like you have kind of a a both end concepts. It's really dependent upon the client, but also you do like to have a baseline, right? Because you understand there is a baseline of like you know integrity and and you know things like that and whatever. Uh, But you keep mentioning forgiveness, and I think Mm. it is. It's like you know empathy and forgiveness. It's it's a very um, viable way. I, I agree with the way you, you do it uh, and, and the way obviously you're mentioning it. However, though, sometimes it is a lot easier said than done, right? Because there is this hardened grudge there, you know, and, and, and it may be as so, something as small as someone stole something from you, you know, like, you know, when you were five, five years old to something where, you know, someone raped you right there. It could, it's, it's got different extremes and different situations. Mm-hmm. And, Forgiveness is very important in each situation. You and I can probably agree on that, okay, because it, it, it frees you, it allows you to just totally relieve it and so forth. And there's, you know, a lot of psychological issues, you know, things. So that's not really my question, but it's more my question is, how do you do it, not just physically, right? Like, you know, physically say it, 
but it's like, how do you mentally and, and, you know, in, in your heart and your spirit and your mind, whatever, actually also do it in your heart, right? Forgiveness, right? Totally just say, okay, I relieve this and release this um, to God and say, I, I am not going to carry this. It is not mine. I forgive this. So what, what does that look like and how do you process it? Um, and and did, did it, does it take you sometimes numerous times to keep saying it over and over? I forgive this person for doing this. I forgive this person for doing this. What does that look like for you, man? And you're sounding like a preacher. You, you, you know some stuff. <laughs> so it takes my action of speaking and practicing acts of forgiveness. So whether that be, okay, somebody stole some money from, that, from me, I'm not going to pursue them for stealing that money from me. So that's an act of forgiveness. So there's that. But the change in the heart, in my experience, that comes from Jesus Christ. And so mm -hmm. it's not anything that like, it's not like putting together an apple strudel or anything like that. It's, um, I act and God does the changing. And so I can't, For me, I don't feel that I am the one who's changing my heart towards that person. So that's not something that I feel that I'm doing. I'm just moving forward and saying, Heavenly Father, I forgive this person, or I'm going to make sure to act in forgiveness. Like, for example, um, I've done, I've recently started doing podcasts, and a couple of the podcasts I had to schedule at like 1.30, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, just because of time zone. And <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I laugh a little bit, but, um, but anywho. So I normally am up around five o'clock in the morning and I'm going all throughout the day. And so I typically have not gotten sleep if, I've, if I have one of those podcasts scheduled that early in the morning. And a couple of times, uh, some of the people have been no-show. And mm -hmm. so I have the opportunity in those moments to say, I can't believe they did this, yada, yada, yada. Um, but for me, it's a matter of, well, one, I don't know what happened to them if they were a no-show. Um, so, I wouldn't really have anything to hold against them anyways. Um, and then two, even if I did, even if they did do it on purpose, for me, that doesn't, that doesn't matter either. It comes down to a matter of like, hey, Heavenly Father, I forgive them um, mm. because, well, one, they're, well, there, there are a large number of factors that also play into this because it's like, well, they're the health risk, uh, cancer risk, literally you will lose money. For example, if a person gets shamed, I'll go back to Jimbo. Jimbo makes fun of my shoes. I get angry, anger snowballs. Then I seek revenge. And men are at greatest risk of that turning into physical violence. And so there's the cost of, of bail. And so their actual costs or even divorce. So, hey, husband and wife are, are, are fighting. They can't come to agreement. They don't want to forgive each other. Well, there's the cost of divorce. So there's li literal dollar cost involved in this. So there's health dollar cost. Then there's peace of mind. And then there's conflict with God. So so for me, it becomes a matter of practicality to say, well, I can't get upset for this person uh, having not showed up for the appointment. It's like, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, the odds are, are stacked against me. And besides, God gave me this gift, so I need to extend it. I need mm -hmm. to pay it forward. And so that's one of the, one of the things that I've noticed 
with gifts that God gives. So he gave me peace of mind from, from unforgiveness, doubt, fear, worry. Um, mm -hmm. And so I paid things forward. So whether that be I'm speaking to a person in, in uh, hope or I'm patient with the person. He gave me patience, I extend it. He gave me peace of mind, I extend forgiveness. And so, and so what that looks like in this actual world is something happens. I say, Heavenly Father, I forgive them. He changes my heart, mm -hmm. if he even has to at all. And there come the situations where you need to sit down with someone and work out what happened. And so to find out, so, well, what really did happen here in this situation? And sometimes you'll find that you might have unforgiveness against someone for something they didn't even do, or you had a misunderstanding of what actually happened. And so you're like, oh, I was upset at this person for mm -hmm. nothing. And then I, I did mention the revenge cycle. And so the issue with that is, is that, yeah, you might be holding a grudge against someone, but the thing is, once you get into the revenge cycle and you feed that vengeance, it's going to, it's, it's going to, it's going to grow. It's going to, it's, it's going to grow and it, it cannot be stopped unless you forgive. And then also thinking, you know what, in the future, I'm going to do something to somebody else and I'm going to want that. Uh, I'm going to want them to uh, extend forgiveness to me. And so, so, so it comes down to a large number of reasons to, uh, to act in forgiveness for me. And yeah. Yep. And that makes that makes perfect sense. And I appreciate you sharing that. And, and what I love about what you're saying is it sounds like to me you're a very faith-based man, which uh, very similar to me, which is really awesome. And you know, it sounds like a lot of it comes from the Bible and obviously God and the Holy Spirit and so forth. Um, you know, and, and I, I you know, I, if you'd like, I would I would love to dive into this a little bit. Um okay. have you always been faith-based a little bit? And what was that journey look like? Let me hit uh, on something that you may mention of. Uh, because you said sometimes you have to keep saying, keep saying, keep saying, yeah, that's the case uh, that in some situations that you have to keep repeating, 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 because once a person gets uh, infected with unforgiveness, if that harbors and remains, that can extend into multiple areas of a person's life. And so think of it like cancer. Mm -hmm. That cancer didn't start in one day. Oh. It's not, it's not going to mm -hmm. go away in one day. And so the same thing with forgiveness in some situations. It's like, hey, the unforgiveness wasn't, uh, didn't start spreading yeah. in just one day. And so sometimes you repeat, 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 repeat until <laughs> the infection is gone. That is a, a, a fantastic analogy, Emmanuel, because I love what you said, because it's, it's as serious as cancer if you do not, you know, figure it out, right, and, and solve that. And also, like you said, it doesn't just come overnight. Uh, beautiful, beautiful analogy. I appreciate you sharing that. I mentioned that. Cool, cool. Um, so, yeah, just on, the, on my, my next, my next, what we've just kind of uh, mentioned as well, regarding your faith. So obviously you're very faith-based and, and if, if you feel comfortable, I'd love to talk a little bit about that journey and, you know, have you always been faith-based and have you always got that, that courage and that strength and, and that kind of wisdom from, um, you know, what, what did that, what did that journey look like? So I was raised in a, a Christian home and I would say that I wasn't connected uh, to God. Um, it was more so routine, or at least this is the way I recall it. It was more so routine. And so for me, I stepped away uh, from the faith, diverted from the yeah. faith. 
And I noticed that that life was not bringing me fulfillment. And so as I began to re-examine faith, my, I remember I was listening to um, Dr. Jordan Peterson. Mm. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. Yeah, um, very familiar. Okay, so so yeah, I started listening to him, and and I remember there was this one lecture he did, and I remember he had on this uh, nice blue suit, <laughs> and it went something like this: Who dares say they believe in God? And so he was saying that, well, if, if people believe in God, then they need to be acting in faith. Like, if I recall correctly, maybe he mentioned Abraham, where God had called Abraham to do uh, some things that most people would be like, uh, yeah, God, I don't know about that one. Um, and so, <laughs> so when he was talking about that, I had kind of a aha moment and said, okay, well, let's test God out and see, and, and let's see. And so <laughs> I don't advise people to test God out until they're ready. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, until, until their mind is ready. I mean, because because that feeling of being because because God pushes people outside of their comfort zone and I don't know I'm it, I I speculate that it also might be that I'm a man or something like that but it's almost like sometimes it feels like I am in a boxing ring with God and he's <laughs> working me out <laughs> but it's a good workout and so it's like, yeah, that was good. But there are times where it's like, oh man, this is like, <laughs> God has a serious right punch. <laughs> and so, and so that's in part how my journey began uh, to, to dive deeper and to examine deeper into into the word. And so because of this, I, I started to see more, my eyes uh, became open. And especially when I hit the point of, I remember. So I went into my closet to pray one time. And this was after a, a church meeting that had happened earlier. And I remember I went in to pray and then my mind was super quiet. It was like an empty museum. And I remember I, I stood there for a second. I'm like, what's going on here? I mean, this is, I mean, at least one, two, two three thoughts popping around but it was super quiet. And I'm like, what is going on? And then so I went and I examined what had happened from the church meeting uh, previously. And this is an important thing that I learned because, so there's a, a scripture that says, or I'll paraphrase it, it says, tell somebody about your problems. It says, confess your faults one to another, but it's like, basically tell somebody about your problems. And once you do that and you get prayer, then you'll be healed. Okay. And so I won't go into detail on what it was, but at, the, at that church service prayer meeting, I had that discussion with someone and mindful, this is some, this should be with someone you trust. I had that discussion. We prayed. He gave me a prayer and boom. About an hour, two hours later, when I went into prayer, 
the answer was was there or the the mind was clear and this mm -hmm. and then this helped me fully put together something that a lot of people do struggle with in in the world is that they bottle things up and they don't talk to anyone about their problems mm -hmm. so so for example maybe somebody told a young boy or for some reason he got this idea in his head a man shouldn't cry and based on that belief he decided well, I shouldn't tell anybody about any of my emotions. And so that bottling up of emotions or things that you're struggling with, things where it's like, man, I wish I had somebody to help me out in this situation right now, but I'm too embarrassed to ask. That's a big problem for, for people. And so what I learned in that situation was that, man, you gotta, people have to find someone trustworthy to let things off of their chest. And there's an African proverb that my mom told me, uh, my parents are from Nigeria. And it goes, if you hide sickness, you die. Hmm. And so basically it's like, if you're hiding your mental health issues, if you're not going to someone to get things off of your chest, if you're not writing out trying to find out what's like what is bothering me those thoughts are going to overwhelm a person's mind and and basically stamp out a person's hope because mm -hmm. it's like this problem is just getting bigger and bigger i don't see a solution and so it's important for people to to find someone that they trust <laughs> to be able to let things off of their chest, let things off of their mind so that they can breathe and know that perfect that sense. there's hope, man. There is hope. I appreciate you kind of diving into your story a little bit and sharing that because, yeah, I mean, you're, that's why I wanted to kind of dive into it to give a little bit of context and the reason why you put so much emphasis on and obviously God and faith and so forth, because it is very, uh, very large part of your story and there's a lot of truth to it. Uh, and so I just think it's really cool that uh, you kind of dive into, you know, forgiveness, uh, belief and understanding those beliefs. Um, I, I did have one question because, you know, I was talking to one of my friends, one of my business colleagues and, you know, you see some people, you know, that, that have done very well for themselves successfully, right? In, in monetary gain, right? But maybe they don't have the best character. And I'm curious, you know, what is your, what is your perspective in that regard? Do you think it, in the end all, right, you can achieve monetary gain with low character, but at some point down in the future, that character will be revealed and that business will implode or like that monetary gain that you have, by cheating or whatever you did will be removed? Or do you think there are some people that can just monetarily succeed and keep that success even with low character? Is character that important to achieve that, that result that you're looking for? Or is it more of just a personal thing? Like I want to be known as a good character driven man or, or, or woman. Does that make sense? So for me, coming from a, a faith-based perspective, and understanding how our actions are contagious to other people. And my belief that there will be a judgment. Hmm. Um, yeah, you might, you might get some money on this planet. <laughs> you might, um, and you, you might have this perception that you're happy and content. Even Hitler had a good laugh from time to time. <laughs> but there'll come the time where you'll negatively impact somebody else's life. And you may not feel that because you, you're just not, you're just not there. Um, but there'll come the time where and my, my firm belief, that God will bring you into judgment. So but at the end of the day, my, my aim, my goal is to pray for people because um, 
because pursuit of money over, or let me put it this way, outward attractiveness over inward attractiveness doesn't end well. And so mm. the thing is, you can have that inward attractiveness and achieve monetary gain if that's what God needs for your life. Mm -hmm. There, for example, there are two women that I talk about often, uh, Amy Carmichael and Gladys Elward. They've both passed away. And for example, Gladys Elward, she lived a poor, a poor life on the outside, it would appear as such. But <laughs> this woman, oh my goodness. Like, so she's from the UK. She went to China to be a missionary. Her journey just to get to China was absolutely unforgettable. Um, <laughs> she took a train from the UK and as the train is going through Russia, uh, it comes to the point where she has to get off the train in the middle of the night and walk back to a previous stop in the snow mm -hmm. because there's a war going on. And so the train couldn't go any further. And so Gladys Elward walks back in the snow. She gets to town and then they try and essentially kidnap her and keep her in the town she, God helps her escape. And then she finds her way to China. And so as she's mm -hmm. working at her mission in China, there are a couple of uh, things that happen. One very notable uh, thing is they called her, so she had developed relations in her village. They called her to go to the men's prison one time to mm -hmm. sort out a mini riot. One of the prisoners has got, had gotten his hand on an ax and he had killed, I think one or two other prisoners and the guards didn't know how to handle the situation. And so they called her, she's like five foot tall. Mm -hmm. They call her to go into the prison and hey, fix the situation. She goes in, she walks up to the guy and she says, give that to me. And so just that, that courage mm. that is still affecting me to this day, she's since passed. And that, 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 that courage to trust and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go in here. This might be my last day on earth, but I'm going to try mm. and help this situation out and i'm going to trust in god um whereas i mean one could easily have been overtaken by fears of like i don't owe these people anything i can bounce because mm -hmm. she i mean she doesn't owe that she didn't owe that village anything she could have been like what no i'm gone <laughs> um <laughs> but she went in with that courage and another thing mm -hmm. in her uh, life and this is what caused somebody to uh, write a movie about her life um mm -hmm. i think it's the end of the sixth happiness it's not a perfect reflection of uh, her life but uh, nonetheless it happened so at one point as she's working in the village that she was assigned to kids start showing up at her door. And so she basically opens a mini orphanage. And at one point, the Japanese had started invading. As I recall, this was, I guess, around, this had to be, I guess, World War II. Um, and so she had to leave the village and she takes these kids with her. They have to go on this trek through the mountains to try and get to another village 
in order to to get the these kids to safety again mm-hmm. she doesn't owe these people anything she can leave mm. but she doesn't right and so she takes these kids and they're on a, this long journey they get to one village and they get denied because it's like hey we're full mm. and so at that point i mean that's that's a good breaking point for uh, for most people, it's like, ah, oh, man, I've been going to some, going trekking with these kids. I'm done. <laughs> um, but she keeps pushing that godly persistence. She keeps mm-hmm. pushing, and they make it to another village, and they let them in. Um, but one of the reasons why I point this out is that our character is eternal, mm-hmm. and so what I do today can infect people or affect people centuries down the road. I mean, I don't like to keep hitting on this, but for example, Hitler, again, that that Nazi stance, that unforgiveness that he had, that hate that he had for other people is still affecting people till today. Mm. Now, that's, that isn't necessarily going to get someone who's, or, or, or convict someone who's like, eh, I'm going to do whatever to get money. Um, but it's still a good, a good message for people to hear. Just think about it. It's like, my actions can affect the person potentially centuries down the road. And so that's, that's another thing that um, influences me to tighten up. <laughs> um, because it's like, whew, that's, that's a load of responsibility. And mm-hmm. for me, there's too much responsibility for a human being to bear. Yeah. Um, because it's like, well, which action could be a bad action that could cause somebody else a problem. Well, I do. Yeah, I really like what you're saying, because what you're saying in in regard to like, the question was like, the perspective is really not a matter of um, monetary gain here on earth, but is more of that gain in heaven. And that's, mm-hmm. that is the goal that you are actually looking for more so than anything else. It's not this, oh yeah, this wealth is success. And as culture, we put so much emphasis on that. And the reality is what is true success? True success is going out there. And just like you were saying, those, those women that you mentioned, and that is what you pursue. And that's what you hope a lot of your clients pursue as well, to have that uh, uh, eternal success, right? And uh, I, I, uh, I respect that. And I, I just uh, want to share, you know, it was really cool that, we had that conversation. Uh, let me ask you, Emmanuel, uh, where can my audience reach out to you to connect with you? You've got a really great website. You've got some good you know, social handles. Where can they reach out to you, my man? Uh, most ideal way is, if I recall, the website is AmericanAirlines.com. So buy a ticket and come to Zagreb. I'm messing. Uh, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ideally, because that's the best way to have good interaction because we could actually have conversations and and really assess. But right now, the most ideal thing people can do is uh, follow me on Instagram because it's there where I'm putting out these fundamentals and tools that a person can use in order to play this game called life. Mm -hmm. And so that this way, no matter the day, no matter the hour, they can remain loving and pleasant to be around. And that person is still a go-getter. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. you know what? Let's work. Let's work. Let's get there we go. And ladies and gentlemen, those those are the uh, those social handles and his website and so forth will be actually in the description below. So you make sure you reach out, click, uh, and then follow him, engage with some of his content because he's a man that's definitely going places. And guys, uh, you know, Emmanuel, before we let you go, uh, is there any last words that you want to share with our audience, my man? I I think I think we've hit on a lot of stuff, <laughs> and uh, I don't want to I don't want to overload people, but. 
Yeah, I guess I'll say this. It's possible to have joy in the difficult times. Mm-hmm. Remember that belief. Yeah. Yep. That's hundred percent. Hundred percent. Emmanuel, you know, um, thank you so much for really joining the Journey with Christian D. Evans podcast. Really, just diving in from you know different topics, from you know obviously character and and that is the kind of the underlining theme that you uh, you coach on, but also just kind of bringing in your faith and understanding why the importance of that faith and that perspective. Uh, and guys, you know, definitely reach out to Emmanuel. Um, um, it definitely, if you run a business, you do not want to have a hundred million dollars and lose it all because you, you've you've lost three or four wives, right? Or you don't even know your kids, right? You want to have the right character. You want to be known for that right character. Um, a lot of business owners that listen to this podcast, they are you know mid six figures, high seven figures, and they want to obviously scale beyond. But it's much more than just about scaling a business. It's it's having that character, and that's the reason why I wanted to have you on because you know diving into that. So, uh, Emmanuel, thank you so much for joining, and guys. That is Journey with Christian Diaz's podcast with Emmanuel in NMA. And until next time, be uncommon.